She saw, she listened, and she played safe. He had met her before, on the occasion of a problem to be solved in one of the Balkan capitals. It was there that Sir Stafford and I had not been able to refrain from embarking on a few interesting suggestions. In that scandal-loving periodical, Inside News, it was insinuated that Sir Stafford and I's presence in that Balkan capital was intimately connected with Balkan problems, and that his mission was a secret one of the greatest delicacy. A kind of friend had sent Sir Stafford a copy of this with the relevant passage marked. Sir Stafford was not taken aback. He read it with a delighted grin. It amused him very much to reflect how ludicrously far from the truth the journalists were on this occasion. His presence in Sofiagrad had been due entirely to a blameless interest in the rarer wild flowers, and to the urgencies of an elderly friend of his, Lady Lucy Cleghorn, who was indefatigable in her quest for these shy floral rarities, and who at any moment would scale a rock cliff or leap joyously into a bog at the sight of some flowerlet, the length of whose Latin name was in inverse proportion to its size. A small band of enthusiasts had been pursuing this botanical search on the slopes of mountains for about ten days, when it occurred to Sir Stafford that it was a pity the paragraph was not true. He was a little, just a little, tired of wild flowers, and fond as he was of dear Lucy, her ability, despite her sixty-odd years, to race up hills at top speed, easily outpacing him, sometimes annoyed him. Always just in front of him, he saw the seat of those bright royal blue trousers, and Lucy, though scraggy enough elsewhere, goodness knows, was decidedly too broad in the beam to wear royal blue corduroy trousers. A nice little international pie, he had thought, in which to dip his fingers, in which to play about. In the aeroplane, the metallic tannoy voice spoke again. It told the passengers that owing to heavy fog at Geneva, the plane would be diverted to Frankfurt Airport and proceed from there to London. Passengers to Geneva would be rerouted from Frankfurt as soon as possible. It made no difference to Sir Stafford Nye. If there was fog in London, he supposed they would reroute the plane to Prestwick. He hoped that would not happen. He had been to Prestwick once or twice too often. Life, he thought, and journeys by air were really excessively boring. If only—he didn't know—if only—what? It was warm in the transit passenger lounge at Frankfurt, so Sir Stafford Nye slipped back his cloak allowing its crimson lining to drape itself spectacularly round his shoulders. He was drinking a glass of beer and listening with half an ear to the various announcements as they were made. Flight 4387, flying to Moscow. Flight 2381, bound for Egypt and Calcutta. Journeys all over the globe. How romantic it ought to be. But there was something about the atmosphere of a passenger's lounge in an airport that chilled romance— It was too full of people, too full of things to buy, too full of similarly coloured seats, too full of plastic, too full of human beings, too full of crying children. He tried to remember who had said, I wish I loved the human race, I wish I loved its silly face. Chesterton, perhaps? It was undoubtedly true. Put enough people together, and they looked so painfully alike that one could hardly bear it. An interesting face now, thought Sir Stafford. What a difference it would make. He looked disparagingly at two young women, splendidly made up, dressed in the national uniform of their country, England, he presumed, of shorter and shorter miniskirts, and another young woman, 
even better made up, in fact quite good-looking, who was wearing what he believed to be called a culotte suit. She had gone a little further along the road of fashion. He wasn't very interested in nice-looking girls who looked like all other nice-looking girls. He would like someone to be different. Someone sat down beside him, on the plastic-covered artificial leather settee on which he was sitting. Her face attracted his attention at once, not precisely because it was different. In fact, he almost seemed to recognize it as a face he knew. Here was someone he had seen before. He couldn't remember where or when it was, but it was certainly familiar. Twenty-five or six, he thought possibly as to age. A delicate, high-bridged aquiline nose, a black, heavy bush of hair reaching to her shoulders. She had a magazine in front of her, but she was not paying attention to it. She was, in fact, looking with something that was almost eagerness at him. Quite so.